You are listening to a podcast from Camden Community Radio. www.ccradio.org This programme was recorded in September 2018. This August, an independent report revealed the conditions in which over 1,000 incarcerated men live in Pentonville Prison. Violence has increased by over 50% since 2017. Four officers and around 40 prisoners were assaulted each week in March alone. Facilities are infested with cockroaches, resistance to insecticide, and self-harm is a daily occurrence. The Independent Monitoring Board at HMP Pentonville presents their annual report for 2018. Overcrowded, inhumane conditions, crumbling surroundings where vermin, fleas, cockroaches and mice are rife, prisoners are unable to work, learn or take exercise. By a number of measurements, the lack of investment in prison offices and buildings is evident. 114 violent incidents in January 2018, 17 assaults on staff in March, 500 incidents of self-harm, activities and association time routinely restricted, some prisoners going weeks without exercise in the fresh air, access to healthcare and daycare curtailed... With 1,200 men living in a building certified to hold 900, the report concludes, it's hard to avoid the sense that Pentonville is containing men, not rehabilitating them. But year after year, the concerns raised by these reports appear to go unanswered by the government, is a solution to these problems really that hard to find? Retired prison governor Veronica Bird and an OBE for her 35 years working inside Britain's toughest prisons. You see, the problem with prisons is prisons, in my view, are there to rehabilitate people, to help to change their lives, get them into employment. And, you know, if you've got somebody coming to prison for four weeks, you're not going to change their lives in four weeks. I mean, at one point there were 86,000 people in prison. 36,000 of those prisoners could not read or write. Now, if they can't read or write, how are they going to get employment? So the answer maybe lies in focusing more on those groups and what you can do within society before they get arrested rather yes. than putting lots of money into an overcrowded system that it doesn't well, seem see, to be working. If you working. look at Thorncross prison, Thorncross, Appleton Thorn, it used to be called years ago, I had younger penders there, 16 to 21 years of age. And, yes, it was an open prison. But the training those young men were given, there was carpentry, painting, decorating, bricklaying, um, every profession you could think. They had education, they had sport. Um, they were unlocked from 7 in the morning till 9 at night. And they were given courses in catering as well. Those boys... Um, the large number of them actually left prison and never came back. The 
majority. Short sentences, um, you know, you're not going to change somebody's life in four weeks, eight weeks. You need them there long enough to give them training. Mm. If people leave prison with a job and a roof over their head, they're far more likely to succeed. And I know that, Barrett, from my own experience. Um, I mean, I came from a poor background. I had no qualifications. And my, um, you know, I was virtually homeless. But once I had a job and a roof over my head, that difference. But it's having manageable numbers. Thousands like Pentonville Armley, with over 1,200 prisoners, it's very, very difficult to give them the, to address their needs. And there's some really good quality governors in our prisons. Pentonville has had some of the best governors in the service. Roger Kendrick. Roger Kendrick. He saved my prison career. Mm. So, uh, um, Bob Duncan, um, I mean, I would have loved you to talk to Bob Duncan. Um, Bob Duncan, he was the governor in 2000, just before 2000, in Pentonville. And um, some really good quality governors. But if they haven't got the money, they haven't got staff, you can't deliver what you're trying to deliver. Overcrowding in prisons is a simple numbers problem. The number of people the court sent to jail versus the number of prison spaces available. And in the last 30 years, the UK's prison population has doubled. We have the highest incarceration rate in Western Europe. Veronica believes we need to look at who exactly are the people we are filling our prisons with. One statistic which you may not have come across is, I think it was about four years ago, 10, 10% of the prison population were ex-forces people. Right. Now, if that's the case, what's happening with our people coming out of the forces? Are we not preparing them to come into, you know, if you take 10% out of the prison population, um, that's a big number. So we need to look at the prison population and start to think, what are we doing? What are we doing <clears throat> with the different age groups, offenders? When I first joined, two-thirds of the women in the prison were under the age of 28. So, you know, if there are those statistics, then let's have a look, not just at the offences and that, but let's look at the age groups um, and see, because there are better ways of dealing with them. Controlling populations, providing rehabilitation. And this doesn't need a massive investment. People just think everybody who goes to prison, that's it, they're rubbish. Um, people said to me, you're working with the lowest of the low. Some were very, very professional people. You j 
just never know who in the family can get on the wrong side of the law. Mm. So it's um, a, a real cross-section. Other people, I remember this millionaireess coming into prison, and she helped to teach these illiterate prisoners to read, to write, and how to take a pride in their personal hygiene. So, you know, we can use other prisoners as listeners to help with um, preventing suicide, helping to get people off drugs. So there's so much, Violet, that can be done using prisoners to help other prisoners. Everybody's not violent. Everybody's not a druggie. So it's trying to make the best use of the people that you've got within your prison.